Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here and I'm your host on Passionate World Radio. Really pleased to be with you today. Um, today we're going to be exploring the theme of jealousy. Have you ever felt jealous? What are the things that you wish you could do that other people do that actually come easily? Um, jealousy is an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's one of those things that we know is, or we see as negative. Yeah. Um, and yet there are times, we were talking about this before, Yes. program when people see that as the motivation to get on and do better huh. in life. Yeah. And yet, I do get a sense that it's not necessarily the most positive way to approach things, that it has a, 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 a sense of being negative and being destructive. Yeah. But what prompted the conversation this morning was, um, I was I'd seen a, a video recording of some kind of conference and it was over in India and this um, clearly very wise um, elder um, was, was sort of you know holding forth and he got a, a panel of young 20-somethings and one of the one of the women um, put her hand up and she basically said you know is jealousy so bad as an emotion is it really that bad because all my life I've been jealous of all my friends and their achievements and I've pushed myself harder and I've made myself do things and I think that's why I've landed in this very top-notch, you know, prestigious school. She was clearly very proud of her achievements, yeah. fair play, um, and actually I also thought, gosh, fair play for actually being so bold in the statement. Being honest, yeah. I think yeah. jealousy's good. Yes. Because I, uh, the other thing that, that occurred to me about this is that people don't talk about being jealous because most people recognise innately that it's not a good thing to admit to being. Yes. Well, he he had a really interesting um, uh, answer to it, which was essentially um, that to push yourself to achieve things through, through jealousy um, was not the greatest. And he likened it to uh, tying um, firecrackers to a donkey's tail. The donkey can, um, in its terror, run faster than it's ever done in its life before and can beat uh, other much more capable running animals. He said, you know, the, the donkeys he has seen, apparently they, they do do this in some kind of festival. Awful, isn't it? Which is rather awful to think of, but uh, let, let's just be in denial and think it's a metaphor. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> so. So the donkey was capable of running at racehorse yeah. speed. So, so a good metaphor for what this lady had described herself as doing pushing herself beyond her natural limits, perhaps, because of uh, the firecrackers, jealousy, that, that were attached to her. And he, and he said, but, you know, the donkey's only doing it because he's terrified. Yes. And then he said to her, why, why would you do that to yourself? Why, why do you push yourself to achieve things out of a, 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 an emotion that is terror versus one that is 
joy in the in the um, moment of achieving what you're capable of achieving yeah. in and of itself, separate to what anybody else has done. I think, I mean, he had a, a really strong point. I'd like to perhaps explore my beliefs around how that comes to be. Yeah. Because I believe that when babies are born, they have an innate sense that they are enough. Yes. We've talked before about babies yeah. don't... Um, their thinking, so far as we know, is not, does my bum look big in this nappy? Um, has that baby got a, 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 a posher pram or a posher car seat than me? <laughs> um, they just get on living their life and enjoying their life. Mm -hmm. But what they do as they get older is we, they get conditioned to compare. Yes. And often to find themselves wanting. And I suspect the first experience that most people have around jealousy will be as very small children when somebody else has got a toy that they want. Yes. Or if they have siblings, that their siblings are getting more or different attention that they feel that they need. Yes. That they should have. Yes. And I think that we're, one of the reasons why we don't talk about it is that most parents will tell children that being jealous is a, a bad thing. Yes. For me, I think, like all emotions, it's not the emotion in and of itself that's bad. No. It's about the behaviours and the thought processes that go along with it. Yeah, because if you go <coughs> back to what, what the seed <coughs> of why you're jealous of that toy, it, it's all about status. And status uh, status in the sense of where, where you are within the, yeah. you know, the path. The, and that's all linked to survival, because the highest status you can achieve the greater chance you have of survival. That's Absolutely. like a limbic brain lizard type approach yes. to, to, yeah. to the, the fact of emotions. But you're right, having, having sort of acknowledged that, you know, it's these emotions are given to us as tools um, that, that to tell us about something, that to flag flag something yeah. to us. But it's then what, what the modern day response to it is that... And I think for me, I mean, if you look back through literature, jealousy has been a theme. You know, think of Othello, yeah. for example. Yeah. It's been a theme yeah. since time began. It's one of the primeval yeah. um, uh, emotions that we feel. And like all emotions, I believe it's a call to action yeah. to do something differently. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at those very young children who, when they um, go and grab a toy off another toddler, mm -hmm. I think how it's dealt with can often colour how people see themselves actually for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know, if they feel that another child is getting all of the attention mm -hmm. despite their best efforts, then they make up stories about why that is. And usually the story is that I'm not good enough. Yes. I don't have the same value as that other child. Now, I'm reminded of a family that I knew where one of the children had been very ill. Yeah. Like, Quite rightly, the attention was on those children, uh, on that child, because yes. they were in hospital, there was a desperation around whether they would survive, and if they did, in what sort of state they would survive. Yes. But I was very mindful, this is a family when I was a head teacher, uh -huh. I was very mindful that in their need to support that child, absolutely rightly, uh -huh. the other children told themselves a story yes. and that was I'm not as important as my sister Yes. Uh, and one of the other children I need to be ill in order to be loved and to be valued yes. that's the only way 
that I'll get my parents' time and attention. Now, I feel for the parents because what do you do in that situation? You're between a rock and a hard place, aren't you? Yeah. Um, but you can see, and that's a very extreme case where you know the beliefs around their own self, their own inner value, yes. was coloured by the fact that the parents' attention was very significantly on a child who is ill. Yeah. However, what I would say is I think there are parallels where parents' focus is on work or on studying or on themselves mm -hmm. um, and that children feel in direct competition. Yeah. And it's how do you help children to develop a sense, a good sense of self-worth when you are busy, when you, you have got other calls upon your time. Mm. And I think for me, the starting point would be twofold. One is around the language that you use mm -hmm. to your children and reassuring them that they are loved. Yep. Um, and explaining in the level of language that is pertinent to their age group mm. that, you know, I have to go out to work in order for us to live. Yeah. Doesn't mean I love you any the less. And, but then when there is time, spending that time focusing on them without them being ill, without them being naughty, without there being a, a, a drama. Yeah. Because people very, children very quickly learn if drama is the only way to get attention, then I'll create drama. Yes. And if one child in the family creates a bigger drama than the other, either through circumstance or deliberately, yeah. then other children will feel that their drama is less important and yes. therefore jealousy is one of those things that yes. yes. So I think jealousy is one of those things which is a natural, um, a natural emotion for people to feel but I believe that the jealousy says much more about our sense, our own sense of self-worth yep. than it does about this situation that's external, which is the one that's focused on. Yes. So if you put that into the context of keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, that classic thing. Like they've know, got a brand new car and they've got an extension. And with children, you know, their phone is the, the latest oh, yes, model or yes. they've got a, a bigger power yep. and their um, Game Boy or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, that for me is the follow-on. It starts within the nuclear family when we are small, yeah. And you then get a situation where if I'm not keeping up with those people, then that means I'm lesser. Yes. So for me, the, the theme running throughout all of this, yeah, is self-worth. Can you remember the last time you felt jealous? Um, I think for me, the big lesson was when my brother was born. Right. I was seven and a half. And I had been the apple of my dad's eye. Mm -hmm. um, my sister, a little bit of background, my, my mum had just had my sister when my dad was called up in the reserves to go to Korea. Right. And he was gone for 18 months. Yeah, okay. So he missed my sister's very young years. And yeah. I was born um, I don't know, three and a half years between my sister and I. And I think my dad invested an enormous amount of time in me because he felt that he'd missed my sister. Yeah, which is so an entirely natural thing to yeah. want to experience a, um, a, a growing up that, that you know you missed out on the first child and you know is so fleeting in the second. So Absolutely. <laughs> it's totally natural, isn't it? Um, I was a tomboy, mm -hmm. um, even from, from tiny. Whether How much of that is because I wanted to please my dad? Mm -hmm. I think there was an innate sense that both my parents would have liked a boy. Mm. Um, and then they didn't think it was possible. Right. Um, and David was a surprise. Yeah. 
and he arrived. He was a beautiful baby. Yeah. And I loved him. Yeah. But both parents were besotted. Yeah. He could do no wrong. He um, he was um, a lovable rogue uh -huh. as a, a child. Great sense of humour, great prankster. Um, and I can feel this duality of loving him and you know, wanting to mother him. Yeah. And at the same time, I think I would cheerfully run his neck. <laughs> um, because I felt on the outside. Yeah. Um, that yeah. Um, when he was playing, my dad was playing with him, there wasn't a sense of, well, go and join him. It was, yeah. he loves him more than me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that took quite a long time for me to resolve and yeah. recognise that actually love isn't finite, that you parents can love their children mm -hmm. and love them equally and yet differently. Mm -hmm. And that it was nothing about me being lesser, it was simply that there was a story I'd made up in my head that yeah. because there was a boy and because he was a beautiful, smiley, chuckly child, mm -hmm. um, that I in some way had lost my position in the family. Yeah. The, the, ma the maths and the numbers added up and equaled jealousy. Yeah. 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 And um, I think that periodically, um, throughout my teenage years, um, when David got away with something, mm -hmm. um, and particularly when that was pertinent to me, yeah. um, which he did on a fairly frequent basis, yeah. that I had to work hard at managing the fact that I was hurt. Yes. And part of that hurt was the jealousy, I think. Yes. And it's not easy, is it? Because, no. I mean, us that like to think that we've done a lot of work on ourselves and that we're relatively enlightened and stuff, it doesn't mean to say that um, that, that you are then, you, come, you get to a stage where you're immune from these um, low-vibration energies. I don't think no. anybody's immune and there will be circumstance, circumstances. And even if it's the fleeting, you know, you see mm. that somebody's been um, a winner on the lottery and you're struggling for money. Mm. I think for most people, there's likely to be that thing, I wish that was me. Yeah. Now, when does that, I wish that was me, at what point does that translate from a wistfulness of, I'm pleased for them, but I wish it was me, to yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah. Um, yeah, when, when does it start eating you up? Because yeah. when you talk about jealousy, we... We think of a the green monster. Yeah, that, you know, I don't know why it's always green, mind you, but that would be That's interesting. To yeah, <laughs> but but we think of an emotion that is churning and and sort of violent in our innards, don't we? And and of course, for some people, jealousy is indeed that. And yeah. I think of clients that I've worked with who've had toxic relationships. Yeah, where they have been with a jealous partner. Yeah, and it is so destructive. Yeah. And in fact, the very thing that people feel when they are jealous, that the other person will go off or will have a relationship with somebody else, they make it more likely because yes. in their jealousy and their distrust, um, they are creating a situation which is so destructive that the yes. other person will believe that they can no longer tolerate it and that they've got to go. Yes. in order to survive yes. themselves. Their, their love begins to feel like a cage, and um, yeah. what person would willingly place themselves within a cage? Well, many people don't necessarily willingly, they unwittingly place yeah. themselves in a cage, and they stay there. 
I don't think it's that they're willing. I think it's that they feel that they are trapped and they can't, yeah. and that they're fearful of the consequences. Yeah. I don't think anybody would willingly be a victim to a, a significantly jealous person. No. Um, because it is so destructive, not only of them, but of the person who is actually jealous. Yeah, and it, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's the law of abundance, isn't it? So a universal truth that by behaving in a jealous manner, by focusing on all the things that you're fearful of happening, you are focusing on those things, and therefore lack. the universe provides those things. <laughs> you're focusing on lack, aren't you? Yes. If you're jealous of somebody else, it's at, at, at a number of levels you're saying, they're better than me. Yeah. I'm not worthy of that. Yeah. I can't achieve that. That's something that's not for me. Yes. And then I want it. Yes. Rather than, okay, they've got something that I value. Is that something that is right for me? And so in my own way, how would I achieve that, whatever it might be? Yeah. But I think particularly if we're talking about you're keeping up with the Joneses, mm. I think that, that it, that's predicated in, entirely on, I only feel that I have equal value if I have equal stuff. Yes. And that's very much a sense of, around a sense of self-worth. Yes, and of course, you know, it's human nature, isn't it, to focus on those external aspects because because we're very sight-driven creatures, aren't we? So we see things that other people have got. Yes. You know, well, they're the, they're the outward manifestation, aren't they, yes. of success. And certainly in the Western world, we hugely equate success with money and material goods. I mean, that goes back to your time. I mean, you know, there yes. was a time when you know having a garden in a particular way was the yes. success and people were jealous of people's gardens. You know, it's just... The, the external manifestation of somebody's creative skills um, because of their amount of money they have or whatever is, is what jealousy tends to get fixated yes. on. Yeah. And that's because, of course, it's hard to judge people's internal. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an, easy, an easy measurement, isn't it? Yeah. What's your bank balance, you know, how big a car have you got? Yeah. But I think it's very interesting that more and more people are recognising that the material things are not how you value your life. Imagine a scenario where somebody said, um, you know, I'm not, uh, not I was jealous of their educational achievements, they got an A and I only got a B, or I was jealous of their car, but imagine a scenario where somebody says, I was jealous of this person's ability to, to create peace within themselves and for themselves. And I suspect there are people who, who, who everybody else has it all right, yeah. whether that's yeah. that they like themselves better. Yeah. If your self-worth is poor, mm. then it's very easy to measure anything yeah. and find yourself wanting. Because yeah. intrinsically, you're looking for evidence that your belief about yeah. yourself, that you are not of yeah, any yeah. account, yeah. you're looking for evidence to back that up. And if you look for it, of course you're going to find yeah, it. Yeah, you're the very worst of policemen because you've already decided what the outcome oh, is. Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah, you're fitting the You've fitting been the, the policeman, the you've been there. the jury, you've been the judge, and you've sentenced yourself all in one, haven't you? Yes, yes, yes. And so, you know, recognising those feelings, I suspect that many of our listeners won't necessarily recognise the emotional feeling that they live with as jealousy. Right. I think a lot of people have a sense of dissatisfaction, yeah. a sense of not measuring up, not being enough. Bitterness. Could be I don't frustration. Like that person yeah. because and then justifying it because yeah. of other reasons, but 
and uh, you know there are a whole range of emotions that people will latch on to mm. and it may very well be those as well but I suspect that at the heart of a lot of that will be the jealousy that I don't measure up in my eyes to that person I don't measure up in terms of their level of success their level of great relationship or whatever yeah and the, the dark thing is that for some people no matter how much they had mm -hmm. it's never going to be enough no because they'll move the goalposts yeah yeah again um, it's you know you're, you're picking the evidence to, to suit so, the, yeah. the accused it becomes <laughs> a self um fulfilling belief doesn't it if yeah. you don't believe that you are worthy if you don't believe you're enough yeah then Actually, no amount of wealth, no amount of success, no amount of um, trappings is going to make the difference. Yeah. That has to be internal work. You have to look inside yes. and recognise that whatever else other people are doing, it doesn't matter whether you've got you know, A stars in 973 subjects yeah. or you've got a C, <laughs> yeah. you have a value. Yes. And you may not be academic. But you will have other things that actually if you give yourself the gift of recognizing your worth yeah then you are more likely to find those gifts than if you are constantly comparing yourself with other people yes. and finding yourself wanting here's a here's a different perspective on jealousy then whenever or, or look many times whenever yeah. i have for instance described a reaction that i have been on the end of from another person and i'm talking to another third party about it I have often in my life been told by them, oh, that other person was probably jealous. Yes. And I think, jealous, right. It seems sometimes to be a very easy accusation that a bystander can, can point at yeah. and say, oh, that, 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 that interaction that you had yes. there was clearly motivated by jealousy because it was a negative interaction, a yes. dissatisfying, oh, they're clearly jealous. Yes. And I've always felt... Um, uncomfortable about that accusation. It's an easy one to go, yes, yes, that's right, they were jealous, yes, that's right. But but really I'd like to rephrase reframe that. Often when you get a reaction from people which is negative, mm. I think it's I would not use the the words they're jealous, much more that this is more about them than it is about you. That yeah. that other person's not comfortable yeah. in who they are. Yes. So they're being critical or they're, they're making light of your achievements. Yes, or they just haven't thought. Yeah, they're <laughs> unconscious. Yeah. And often, we've talked about you know, it's conscious yeah. thinking, and so often people are so wrapped up in their own stuff, aren't yeah. they, yeah. that they don't word it well. It's clumsy. Mm. But actually, it's, it's not about you at all, really. No. It's about how they see the world and how they see themselves. So that was my innate instinct about it. But yeah. it is interesting, you see, how how the word and the accusation jealousy can it's be so, so easily jointed, isn't it? When talking about somebody else. Oh, but not about themselves. But when, when we're challenged yeah. to say, have you felt jealous today? We think, I can't actually admit that deep, dark feeling that I'm really envious and jealous of that person because yeah. I, don't, I won't make myself look good by admitting that. So yeah. it's interesting, isn't it, how how to accuse somebody else of that. But then don't you think that, that's one of the reasons why so many people are very critical. It's yes. easier to see the, the fault in yes. others than admit it in yourself. Yes. Because once you've admitted it, then you are much more likely to feel you've got to do something about it. I had one uh, friend um, 
uh, a long, long time ago, rather not recently, say to me that you criticise in others what you um, what you dislike in yourself, and she totally hamstrung me for, because <laughs> from that moment onwards, because I thought, well, I can't, I can't say anything negative about anyone now, can I? Because because that's I think, actually a message for myself, isn't it? <laughs> I think there is a lot of truth in that. I don't yeah. know that it's always the case. I think no. some people get into the habitual way of bitching, yes, because they feel deep down inadequate or yeah. bad about themselves yeah. and externalising the criticism in that moment yeah. makes them feel better about themselves or well, that's the hope. The trouble yeah. is that if it does at all it's momentarily, yes. it's, there's nothing sustainable about that. So so I think the main the main learning for me is, you know, listen to that, that young woman describe her, how jealousy had motivated yeah. her and, and listen to all of these, these emotions is a, you know, just because it's on the slightly negative side of the emotional scale doesn't necessarily mean that it's any um, less valuable to listen to. In fact, in many ways it's more. I had a conversation with somebody uh, uh, last week about our shadow selves. Yeah, yeah. That we are a mixture. We are good and we are, um, we are if you want to call it bad, we, yes. Have, yes. Um, we have the, each of us has the capacity to yes. be great things and to be terrible things. Yeah. You've only got to look at war and what happens to ordinary people like you and yeah, me, yeah. who are all extraordinary, yeah. that that you'll bring the best out in people and you'll see that people putting their own lives at risk in order to save somebody else, yeah. and you will see atrocities. Yeah. And if people are um, of the belief that that is justifiable, then they will do things which are, are perhaps in, an, in another period of their lives that they would see that as being unspeakable. Yes. We, I do believe that we all have the capacity. And it's interesting for me that, you know, I thought about that conversation about, you know, looking at our shadow side, looking at the, the, the side of us that we're not particularly proud of, mm. and recognising that we've got a choice to acknowledge and to then do something about it. Mm. Or to acknowledge and say, yeah, I know I have the capacity to do that, but that's not how I'm going to choose to act or speak or whatever. Yeah. But if you don't acknowledge it, and it all becomes very anodyne, doesn't it? It becomes yes. Stepford Wives. That, yes. You know, this is a perfect world where I'm not, I, I don't have any negative thoughts. I don't have any um, any urge to, to be lesser. Yes. But it's in that acknowledging that we all have yes. a side that we would would not wish other people to know about us. Yes. Um, but the fact that we overcome that and that we don't behave in that way for me is the triumph. Yes, and you, you can argue um, that in, in denying your shadow self, you you make it far more dangerous. Oh, you give it power, don't you? Because in the denial, you're giving it focus and energy. Yeah, because you, you, you cannot... I mean, it's a universal law. You cannot suppress balance that is required of all of us by the universe I believe so in trying to you know state that you never have bad feelings you never feel this you never get angry you never that in trying to push those away that something will happen to you that is out of your control that shaves off your yeah. joy possibly or and or 
um, makes your shadow self a far more powerful, much more malevolent um, creature because you're ignoring it. <laughs> it strikes me as we're talking, and I know the theme is jealousy, but I, if, as we talk about it, one of the things that, that I think um, is becoming clearer is you look at how many people are on antidepressants at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the UK, 50% of all prescriptions now are antidepressants. Yeah. And I actually think that, that we, as a society, um, give ourselves very little permission to deal with negative emotion. To be normal. Yeah. <laughs> to be frail and human and vulnerable. And to deal yeah. with life. And what yeah. we want is to anaesthetise ourselves from these things. Yes. And so we go and people are chemically yes. anaesthetise, or they use drugs, or they use alcohol, or shopping, or sex, or hoarding. Yeah. In order or food, yep. in order to dull the pain, rather than acknowledging that that's how they feel, yeah. and allowing it to settle and to deal with it, yeah. because these are our shadow side. Yes. These are part of who we are. Yes, and we don't need to give them dominance. I'm not suggesting no, that no, for no, a moment, no, no. but I think. If you are so frightened or feeling a negative emotion, whether that's jealousy or any of the other negative emotions, yes, you put yourself in a place where you're hamstrung. Yes, you, you know, dealing with life brings all sorts of challenges, doesn't it? Yes, and those yeah. challenges will elicit all sorts of emotions. Some of them positive, and that's great, but just as many of them are likely to be what we deem as negative. Yeah. And I wonder whether, you know, the language we use around these emotions, the emotions, I believe, in themselves are not negative. Yeah. It's how we manifest them. It's what yes. we do with it yes. that either has the potential to be negative, neutral, or positive. So the next time that I feel a little bit of spike of envy or jealousy, um, I'm going to really pause and say to myself, well, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And then I'm going to consider... That that's an indication that something is important to me. Yeah. That there's there's a there's a kernel within that seed yeah. of jealousy that I need to just whittle down to and understand what, what's actually behind it. Maybe it is something that I want to achieve. Maybe it is something. So it could be a huge motivator. Yeah. And that's a great thing. Yeah. But by doing it in the way you suggest, yeah. then the motivation is coming from a positive place rather than being the firecracker um, on the hanging on your tail. tail. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, that people becoming more comfortable yeah. with um, with feeling feelings, whatever they are, and being ready to acknowledge them. Yeah. And they're just feelings. It's the meaning we make of it. Yes. And the actions we take as a result of them that are important. Yes. The feelings are important. They are just an indication something needs to be dealt with. Yes. And I think you know, whatever else listeners take out this, I'd you know examine your shadow self. Mm. If you feel you need some support in that, then let us know. Give us a ring. Mm. Yep. Um, we'd love to know. You know, what are the things that actually bring out um, those challenging emotions in you, and what do you do about it? Mm. Let us know through the website genuinely-you.com, or you can um, contact us through the radio show or through Facebook. Um, genuinely, you. Um, Come and join us on, on the Facebook group. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So that really brings us to our show. Rachel, an international best-selling author of um, The Point of Me, you can find her book on um, Amazon and all 
places where all good books are sold. <laughs> um, this is Gina Gardner, international um, best-selling author. Go and find a Thriving Not Surviving with Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. You can find that free on uh, genuinely-you.com. The audio is coming out very soon and the um, hardback and the paperback are available on Amazon and Good Bookshop. So thank you so much for joining us. Take care. This is Gina Gardner saying cheerio and I look forward to seeing you again on the next Passionate World radio, um, uh, radio show. Cheerio. Take care. Bye now. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.